you so much for joining me here on Rorschach, Your Reality. This is Hannah, your host, and I am so delighted to bring you this interview with Stacy. It was so fun talking with her about mindset, growth, overcoming our limiting beliefs, and having the courage to make change in our own lives. Enjoy. I would love if you would start by just telling us a little bit about yourself. So who are you? What do you do? What are you passionate about? Sure. I would love to share a little bit about me. I am a master life coach. I've I've been a lot of different things in life, a teacher. I've worked in training and development. And I've recently, probably over the last 10 years, really discovered that my gift on the planet is helping women figure out their life's purpose connected to their souls and not just what the world wants us to do. And then helping them summons the bravery and courage to put it out there. I truly believe that I'm an agent of change for for good, for love, for all the things um, that we love about the planet. So that's a little bit about me. Ah, that is so amazing. And I think so often we find ourselves in kind of that no man's land of like, I think I have this idea or something we kind of bury inside of ourselves because we do have a lot of fear. So I love that, like helping with the confidence and courage to actually act on these things that that may be perfect for us or that are kind of calling to us. So that's super cool. And one of the reasons I asked you to be on the podcast is because you have experienced some shifts in your own mindset and reality that you're willing to talk about. Uh, Would you be willing to start with sharing maybe a low point or a time in life where your mindset was really off and things were difficult? Absolutely. So I would say probably about 10 years ago, my mindset was absolutely different than what it is now. I really felt like the victim of my life. Mm. Everything was happening to me and I couldn't catch a break and I was miserable. My whole life represented that. My marriage was crumbling. My career was stalling. Our personal finances were a mess. My health was a mess. Like it was the trifecta plus (laughs) of all sorts of things that were were going very differently than what I had in my mind. And I did not see at the time the connection to what I believed and what I was making all of that mean to what was actually happening around me. Mm. Oh, that makes so much sense. And during that time, you had mentioned that you uh, were doing some reading. Um, I think it was Loving What Is. Can you talk a little bit about what that book kind of sparked in you? Absolutely. So we were assigned that book, and it's by Byron Katie for my, the life coaching program that I was about to start. And I remember I was a, I was probably a couple months into my divorce at the time, and in that book, one of the things that Byron Katie really uh, focuses on is this idea that it's not the circumstance per se, that's causing the suffering. It's what we are making it mean, what the mind is assigning it to be. And I had never heard anybody talk like that. I had never heard anybody Mm. cut to the chase like that. And all of a sudden, I started to think, because in my divorce, my as much as I wanted to be divorced, my husband at the time did not want to be. Mm. And we were... 
I don't want to even say arguing, but we were just not on the same page about what to do with our marital house. And when we had gotten officially divorced, the house was like for sale and we had an owner and all those things. And then after the paperwork and the ink dried on the divorce, my husband changed his mind about all such things, took the house off the market without letting me know and moved back in. <laughs> and, and so my mind immediately went to why is this happening to me? This is, you know, this is his way of holding me hostage and I'm never going to be able to make any future decisions. I'm never going to be able to be financially free because he's going to control all of these things and I have no power. And so even in that realization, my mind was giving him all of my power, which is under our control. At the time, I didn't realize I was doing that until I read Byron's book. And one of the processes that she asked, or one of the questions she asked is, who would you be without that thought that my husband was sabotaging my future, controlling my happiness. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, who would I be if that thought did not you know, permeate every part of my life at that time? And it was in that moment, I really realized what I just said, I gave, I'd been giving all my power to him and freely and willingly, and I could take it back. I could take all of that back by changing my own relationship to the events that were happening to the circumstances. And in any moment, my power, my freedom, I could reclaim by saying, no, he absolutely does not get to control my happiness, no matter what he does, no matter what he tries to do with this house or not do with the house, I can still choose to be happy. I can still choose to plan my future and make decisions um, regardless of what, you know, how he's moving in and out of that particular situation. Oh, I love that so much. It makes me think of um, when I first had started, the first time I went to counseling, I feel like I, I spent, I wanted to spend all of the time on these external things, you know, like this person, this situation, this, like it was always these like outer things where it's like if that changed, then everything for me would change. <laughs> and then like coming to the realization of like, I mean, your entire life, there's going to be external things that you have feelings about or like, or don't like, or they're working or they're not, but that doesn't have to, to change your experience of life or you have so much more power than you realize and you know to to inform your own experience and I love that just kind of taking that power back I love that too and I love I love what you said because we can own our own experience mm. and we can choose which one it reminds me and I know I'm older but it reminds me of the, that book series years ago where it was like choose your own adventure turn to page 10 ah. if you wanted this ending or page 40 if you wanted this ending and and that's what I realized in that moment was I could choose a different ending I could absolutely be the creator of my life and not the victim and and I even started asking myself like why is this here right now if it's not a challenge or a problem or an issue because I even believe the language we choose makes a mm -hmm. difference if I started to say how is this an opportunity for me how is this a gift 
for me. And it was a beautiful gift because what ended up happening was it brought me back to me. It brought me back to my own thoughts, my own work on what I believed about things. And, and it was so empowering. Yes, it was definitely painful and I will not gloss over that fact. However, I don't think we or at least I would have changed my mind if there hadn't been some pain point that really got my attention. Mm, I think that's so true. Like that pain point where it's like, if that had been less painful and a little more comfortable, it wouldn't have been better for me, but I would have stayed in it because I, I wouldn't have had that kind of push. <laughs> uh, exactly. When our life is going along pretty well, we, we don't tend to stop and say, oh, what am I thinking? How is that working for me? What's the cost of that thought? Those kinds of questions really get clearer when we're feeling, you know, again, to your point, uncomfortable. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And so something I'm curious about. So you had mentioned, right, like all of these things, external things from the house and the finances and the marriage and just uh, <laughs> all of that. And then you talked about reading that book and the book had been assigned as part of a um, coaching program. What made you get into coaching or how did that kind of drop into your life? That's a great question. Thank you for asking me that. Uh, it's interesting. I, after I went through my divorce, I ended up in the corporate world. I was happy enough, if that makes sense. And I, I remember right before I left my husband, there was this voice in my head, very, very clear. And it said, this is not the life you're meant to be living there. We have other plans for you. And after I navigated the divorce and navigated some of the other things and got into a place where I wasn't in survival mode, I started to realize that I really wasn't meant just to hang out in the corporate world and work for somebody else. It was like this nudge. I can't even explain it. it, was, it again, it was discomfort. This is not meant for you to stay here. We want to keep kind of pushing you, pushing you. And I went to an event that was being hosted by another life coach out of my city so I live in Baltimore and it was down in Atlanta. I didn't know anybody. I stood in a room of 30 women. Most of them knew each other. The first question we got asked was, why are you here? I had no idea why I was here. <laughs> and in that moment, I'm not a shy person. In that moment, I was terrified of getting the microphone and coming up with an answer. And I remember saying something along the lines of, my life's okay, but I just feel like it could be amazing. And I don't want to be too scared to go out beyond uncertainty, right into the world of uncertainty. I don't want fear to hold me back from the amazing and keep me in the mediocre life, the just okay life, the good enough life. And I remember a woman who did not know me and she came over later in the dinner and she said to me, Stacey, what would you do? This was your last year on the planet. And there's something really powerful about that question. It clears away all the other noise, all the other thoughts and beliefs that are swirling around about what everybody else wants you to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to her, I would take the leap 
and sign up for life coaching school. Like I feel absolutely at home with this group of 30 women that I had none of them knew beforehand. And it just felt like coming home, if that makes sense, that feeling. I was like, oh, this is my community. These people speak my language and they get me. And um, a couple of weeks later, I came home from Atlanta and I signed up and it was life changing in so many ways. And I just remember that to your question about this idea of not letting fear stop me from doing the things I really feel so called to do, even when they don't seem rational or logical on paper. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that because <laughs> it's so true. I think when, like you sometimes reach this point where internally it's like, you know, you know, but mm -hmm. then externally to kind of take the steps and make it happen, especially when it involves a financial investment or it might involve family or friends or people, you know, being aware of it. And we have a lot of fears about how will it be perceived? What will other people think or say? Um, and yes, I think there's, there's something about internally committing, but then also taking those external steps. And sometimes I think internally is the, the first huge hurdle, but then th some of those external steps can, can kind of circle us right back to the beginning if we don't take them and we just kind of sit and wait for the urge or the motivation to pass and we go back to this life that was just okay um, mm -hmm. because it will still be there for us if we don't make any changes, if we don't take the step. And sometimes I know I've been guilty of just kind of waiting it out until I'm okay just being okay again instead of taking the plunge and doing the hard thing and, and growing to that next level. I, yes, absolutely. And it reminds me of another book that had a major impact on me too by Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. And in that book, he talks about a, a lot of us, myself included, living in what he calls the zone of excellence. We do really well, we make good money doing it, we're, you know, we're moving along in a very comfortable space. And yet, it's out of integrity with that soul longing, that, that part of us that, that doesn't care about what your father thinks or what <laughs> the neighbors are going to say and who's ever heard of a life coach before, all of those things that we confront to your point in the outside world. And yet it feels like I'm not going to quite be able to give it my all if I don't get curious about what's like, that's like door, door letter Z, right? The, this door that most people are like, I'm afraid to open it or crack it. What's over there? And yet that's the thing that when we're in it and we're doing it, what, what um, athletes would call flow, you're in this space where you just feel so connected and uplifted and inspired and, and, and who doesn't want that, right? Like, so to me, it's worth the cost of admission, which is being brave, which is being courageous, doing the thought work, questioning our mind and where it might be limiting us from really living from that purpose and our truest potential. Oh my gosh. Yes. So good. <laughs> um, okay. And, and we've touched on this a little bit, but when we know internally that we want to make a change and then kind of the next step is to externally start to do something about that. Uh, could you share either a personal experience for yourself where you've, you know, kind of taken that plunge or maybe how you help other people reach that point? 
Yeah, so I love that question. And and I can totally use what we've been talking about. When I decided to quit my very safe, stable HR position at a corporate company, I was very, very worried. I knew it was the right thing. I I felt very, very strongly about it. However, I was very worried about what the people closest to me would think. Mm -hmm. And what I realize and what I help women realize is, first of all, what really truly matters is what you believe about you, first and foremost. And what other people, how they react, what they think, speaks to their own mindset, speaks to the, their, the way that they're perceiving the world, and not really actually um, it, it is indicative of, you know, we worry about other people judging us and what they're going to think. And I read something somewhere along the lines, like that's so much their journey and their stuff. And how can we stay in our own mindset around what's true, true for us? It's, it is a little scary. And what I would say is, you have to be willing to wade into a little bit of discomfort. Hmm. The brain is wired in such a way, anytime we make a take a risk, anytime we take a step towards something that is unknown, that something feels like, oh, what am I doing? The brain is going to react and it's going to want to keep us safe. It wants us to pull back. Don't do that. <laughs> that could hurt you. And yet that part of the brain, which is beautiful for keeping us alive when we're crossing the street, can really impede us. So what I always tell myself is, yes, it is going to feel uncomfortable. And yet it, it's, it's, but do I still want to do it anyway, right? That question at the heart for me has always been like, okay, I'm scared. And yes, I still want to do it. <laughs> that to me is a good barometer of like, all right, we're in for this. And then how do you do it? And, and, and one of the other pieces I think is really finding and curating your environment to support you. So sometimes we do need to change maybe the people who are our friends or the things we're reading or the, you know, the social media feeds that will support these kinds of things. You want people to say, Stacy, I believe in you. You can do this. And I think that that can be an important piece of it, too. And it's not necessarily something we might have currently when we're going to make a change, but it's something I think we could be intentional about. Yeah, so true. I, I think that yeah, having community or even just one person who is really rooting yes. for you and excited for you and that makes such a difference because it is hard to just go it alone. And I think something that's so powerful today in our kind of modern world is if it's not your family or it's not someone that you actually know, I mean, the internet is just this amazing wealth of community and support if you plug into the right places. And it can also be a huge dra drain on your time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but, you're yeah. so right. Absolutely. And it, and so, no, it, that's a great thing to even ask yourself. Is this energizing me or draining me? Mm -hmm. And then making choices, right? Intentional choices around that. We can, we can curate just like we can with our mind, the reality in which we can thrive. And so how do you do that? Always starts with what you think. And then, then there's inspired action connected to the thought. Okay, now I'm going to go out past the edge and see what happens. 
Yes. Okay. And you use this term inspired action. And, and we've been talking a little bit about, right, these fears that come up for us when we're con- considering this next big leap or this next big step. Do you think that once you've done it once or maybe a handful of times where you've seen what the next hurdle or the next leap is and you've gone for it, does it start to get easier and easier? Or is every time kind of this process of like, sorting through everything and, and kind of getting aligned with with what you're going to do next? That's a, another really great question. I would say it depends. If you, uh, I can remember, I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, one of my best friends said to me, Stacy, you need to be doing videos. Get out there on Facebook, <laughs> do Facebook Live. And I will be 100% honest with you. I started crying immediately when she said that out of fear. <laughs> I can't be seen. I can't, right? I, all of the fears of what I look like and how I'd be perceived and who am I to say the things I want to say on the planet, it all surfaced. And it was so scary in that moment. And I said to her, I'm not ready yet, which is another interesting, I think, trap because I don't think we're ever 100% ready. And that is fear being very seductive. Mm-hmm. Telling us that and go, oh, I need to learn more. I need to do this. And it can keep us kind of in that hamster wheel of waiting if we allow it to. So I remember saying to her, okay, (laughs) I hear you. I'm not ready. And then a month or two later, another friend of ours who has a beautiful blog said, Stacey, I would love for you to do a, a, to be a guest blogger and do a video, a vlog. And I said, yes. I had about six weeks to turn it in. And I knew in that six week time period that I was going to like having that deadline, having that goal or vision help me say, okay, I'm going to do a little bit every day to Mm -hmm. get myself to the point where I can do this and submit it to her. So, so now if you asked me, Hannah, or if you said to me, Mm -hmm. are you scared to do videos? I would say, absolutely not. I can do a video, even something a little bit different than what I've done before doesn't scare me. But if you put something really, really like a little bit beyond where I've been in my comfort zone, then I would say, yes, the fears. And again, to different degrees, because the more we do something, the more comfortable we get. So I am comfortable taking risks, but it doesn't mean that the fear still doesn't come up for me um, when I'm really out. And again, in that kind of a state of vulnerability, you're always kind of inviting, um, you know, you're inviting all the things that you're worried about to kind of come forward in those moments. Oh, so true. And when you were saying about fear, how one way we can, we, we kind of deal with that sometimes is the whole, I'm studying, I'm learning, I'm not ready yet. And Mm -hmm. that just kind of struck me because I thought, man, when you know internally that like, something is really aligned with you, it is the right fit, you know, that it's something that you need to do. And like you're not quite able to just tell yourself, no, I'm not going to do that because you won't live with that. Mm-hmm. But if you tell yourself, I'm preparing for it, I'm just not quite ready. Yet. I'm going to do it. A lot of times that is a no and that we never get around to actually doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just like a, a softer one that kind of hides the fact that you, you aren't going to do it. And then I think we just kind of live in that 
comfort zone. We stay where we are. Everything's just okay until kind of the motivation and the impetus passes. And then it's never happened. And I think sometimes I, you know, I'm young, but I just think, oh, I don't want to look back and just think, why didn't I do that? Well, why did I let it pass? You know, and I obviously, no matter how old you are, like, whether you're already looking back at things or you have a whole bunch of things that you're, you're, you're currently sorting through and making decisions about and deciding what you're going to do or what you're going to say yes to. I think anything that you've been telling yourself for a while now that you're going to do when you're ready is worth looking at because it's probably something you care deeply about that you're just very afraid of. Absolutely. And that, that goes right to the heart of what you speak about so beautifully is mind work and mindset because we allow the mind to be in charge. Fear is, she's very sneaky. Like Liz Gilbert says in her book, Big Magic, if you let fear be in charge of the GPS and drive the car, you're probably only driving around the driveway, right? Yeah. Not your town. You're yeah. driving out to California where you have no idea how to get there and those kinds of things. So fear's always going to be with us. It's, it's what do we allow her to be the dominating voice and, and is she setting our intentions? So to your point, it's always asking yourself, is that, you know, whose voice is that? What is that the voice of fear? Is that even really true? Mm -hmm. And that's a question I ask myself all the time. It comes from the work of Byron Katie and lots of other, you know, very, very, you know, eloquent life coaches is, is that even true? And it's like, huh, what else could be true? Well, maybe (laughs) I am ready. And you know, diving in a little bit, I always say sometimes it's good to not know what we don't know yet and, <laughs> and let that be part of the fun and the experience of whatever it is new that we're trying. We're not meant to know it all. I think mm-hmm. our human lives would be so boring if everything was scripted and planned out for us. What fun would we really actually have on this planet if it was all like, oh, I do this and I do this and I'm not scared. <laughs> it, like, we're all in like this is living at its, you know, at its edge and it's, you feel it, you feel the passion, you feel the nerves. And to me, when you can believe you're the creator and know that and use your mind to support that, then it changes the whole game, even though maybe from the outside, it doesn't look at all differently. It's a game changer from the inside out. Mm. Oh, that's so good. And Kind of along along those lines, when I was looking at your website prior to this interview, I read this quote that really stuck out to me, and it said, many of us discover that the path of someone else's formula doesn't quite sit all snugly and good within our soul sense of what we are here to do. And I think that just connects so well with you know, that idea of like, well, when fear is driving the GPS and when we're all caught up in what other people are thinking or what we're supposed to be doing or what it's supposed to look like, we just kind of circle the block or stick in town mm-hmm. or stick with what we know because that's mm-hmm. what other people are doing. And it can feel like that formula of, no, no, this is what we do. And it doesn't really kind of open us up to any other experiences. So anyways, I loved that quote. And I would just love if you talked a little more about where that came from. Sure. I, yes, my own life and also 
the, the, all the women that I've worked with over the years as a coach, what I found particularly, cause I'm kind of in the middle of my life mm-hmm. is that, you know, as we were young and, and when we were in school, the idea was you went to school, you got good grades, you went to college or you got a job, you did X, Y, and Z, you got married, you had ch- like, there was this formula almost laid out for all of us in terms of what success looked like. If you wanted to be successful, here's how you did it. Do this, do this, and do this. And what I realized for my own self was the more I followed those rules, the more I followed someone else's formulas, the more I, the more I suffered and not even suffered, but I didn't experience true joy because it wasn't coming from within about, yes, I choose this. It was somebody saying, Stacy, this is what you need to do. And instead of actually saying, do I agree? Do I believe that? Is that true for me? For so much of my life, I just checked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to get the master's degree. I'm going to do this. And then at the end of it, I was like, none of that actually brought me closer to true joy, to really living my purpose. And I found a lot of women have done that. They've checked the kind of the world's prerequisites mm-hmm. of success and still kind of felt this almost a little bit of a hollow feeling inside or a disconnect or being out of integrity. It kind of shows in a lot of ways. A lot of times people say, oh, I just need a different job or maybe I need to leave my relationship, right? I need to do something in order to fix this feeling inside of me. And what I have discovered in my own journey as well as with others is that it, that it really doesn't matter first and foremost about what's going on in the outside. It's really about claiming what is it that's my path on the planet and be again being willing to be uncomfortable when you say yeah no that formula isn't for me that rule isn't for Mm -hmm. me we have so many rules um as humans and they're i mean most of that they're just made up what you know who's to say that somebody who went to college and got a 4.0 is smarter that right and and the internet and the world I think now is is starting to really show evidence of the contrary which I love because these very narrow boxes that we've tried Mm. to create for people have not served us well oh that's so true it makes me think of something I read recently of Dove Barron's and he was differentiating between significant achievements and meaningful achievements and how significant achievements, you know, are those degrees and promotions and raises and titles and these things that we work really hard for that tend to be more about how other people are going to perceive us, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this on my resume. I'm going to present this so that other people can look at me and think and feel certain things about me. But that's very different from a meaningful achievement that really speaks to me. And is something that I have this kind of deep internal sense of, of pride or joy regarding. And I just loved how he differentiated that because I think there's been parts of my life that have been very much about those significant achievements. So other people can see and know this about Hannah, (laughs) Um, but they, it may not have even been meaningful to me at all. It was just something I did for, you know, this outside audience. And I think the more we start to kind of turn ourselves towards what would be a meaningful achievement to me, that -hmm. makes such a world of difference in where we put our time and our energy. So, so I love that. Yeah. And there's an authenticity to that. 
yeah. to me. There's an authenticity of what is meaning for me, what brings me joy, what lights my heart up mm. versus, and it's so interesting also too, because all of those significant achievements, we really have no control of whether somebody thinks we're smart <laughs> or not, right? We think that that yeah. will do it. And yet we really, I, again, at the end of the day, all we have control over is our own self and what we make things mean in the world. And so it's so so interesting. And And I think when you're chasing that feeling of significance outside of yourself, you'll chase it the rest of your life mm -hmm. rather than find the meaning within, then you don't have to say some person or some institution will will grant this significance to me. I have, again, back to what we were saying at the beginning of this interview, I have the power. It reminds me so much of the Wizard of Oz, right? And Dorothy. And she says, why didn't you tell me this? It's, you know, at the beginning that I had to choose and I could do this. And, and she's, you know, they said you had the power all along, but you wouldn't have, you know, known it or been able to really mm -hmm. realize it. So I think sometimes even the things that that happen to us that we would say, okay, well, don't want that to happen again, have brought us exactly to the point where we are to create more clarity, to create more power and magic and, and soulful, meaningful purpose in our lives. Mm -hmm. So I don't even regret the things that have happened or that kind of thing, because they brought me exactly to where I am now. Oh, that's such a good point. Yes. Stacy, if you could encourage our listeners with one piece of wisdom from your journey, what would you say to them? So that's hard for me, Hannah, because <laughs> I do know I like to talk. <laughs> However, if I had to drill it down, always first and foremost, I say this to myself all the time, to thy own self be true. Because anytime we are not in true, you know, wh whatever we choose, if it's not truly in alignment with ourselves, the energy is going to be kind of wonky, right? Like if we do something, we say yes, but we really don't feel it to be a yes. If, if we're being 100% honest, we bring that kind of, you know, again, sideways energy to it rather than really be all in. So I love to just ask myself, if not, no consequences, no repercussions, would I truly say this because I want to? Like, why am I doing this? Is it really for me or is it for somebody else? Is it for, to try to make somebody else happy or, or any of those things? So I love to just start with that always because I think that's the first step to really stepping in your power and really owning who you are because we all have such different flavors of what I would call magic on this planet. We aren't meant to be other people. We aren't meant to be other uh, doing somebody else's journey. We're really meant to help change the world by being us um, unapologetically and mm -hmm. in ways that, again, when we do it, then we give permission for the people around us to do it too. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, Stacey, if people want to connect with you about business, about coaching, about life, how can they do that? So I love to hang out in my free private Facebook group called Love is Everywhere because a lot of social media, the noise of it and, and some of the things you had mentioned earlier are not my favorite parts of social mm -hmm. media. So I've created a place where we can be authentic. We can inspire each other. We can have fun. We can have these kinds of conversations. 
And first and foremost, people can show up as they really are. You're not trying to be somebody else in this group. So uh, a search for love is everywhere. And I don't know if you're going to put the links um, in the notes. That that would be first and foremost. If you want to find out more information about me, please come to my website, stacyandon.com. There's a place where you can contact me if you want to directly email me. I would love to hear what you think about this interview or answer any questions you have. I also love to hang out on Instagram as well too. So there's a variety of different places you can find me. Um, and I do a free weekly newsletter as well where you can sign up on my, on my website for that. Oh, I love that. And all of these links and places you can find Stacy will be in the show notes. So if you're not, you know, taking notes right now with your, with your pen, you can just reference the show notes. You'll, you'll be able to find her and just click right over there. And Stacy, I want to thank you so much. I have loved talking with you today. This has been such a fun interview. Hannah, it has been a pleasure and an honor to be on your podcast. So thank you so much for the invitation. Your reality, Rorschach is R O R 